and you know what? I admire you guys for you guys are football. You got balls. You're trying something off for size. And I like to talk about all kinds of subjects, and I'm not afraid of who the audience is. I say what's on my mind. I throw the microphone back to you. It's the anybody can do this show. Yes, here we go again. Give you more, nothing lesser. Back on the mic is the Dear nephews, it's your boy, neighbor Nick, and welcome to season six, episode 20, the finale of the Anybody Can Do This show, proudly presented by the Alcove Bar and Grill. As always, I am joined in HQ across the table by my college roommate, Yoga Ralph. Ralphie, how the hell are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Buddy, congratulations. We always cheers off air. We're going to cheers on air. Your first official season as a podcaster down and under your belt. How much different do you feel now than, I guess, four or five months ago? I literally feel the same as I always feel. (laughs) (laughs) Fighting these planets, these retrogrades. Just when I thought we were out of Mercury, you told me Mars is coming for my ass now. (laughs) If we made it through this long, like I said before, 20 episodes down, 20,000 more to go, and it's about to cost you 20K per ep. So come with the pocketbook. Um, You feel the same, though? No different, no more comfortable, any of that stuff. You've always been pretty natural on the mic. I mean, it's just conversation. <laughs> it's just like two college roommates kicking it. Like it would be difficult, I think, for a baby to host a podcast. <laughs> I think that's not a hot take at all, Ralphie. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good take. <laughs> since I'm a, a it, since I'm a <laughs> full grown, almost forty year old adult. A, yeah, since, I, since I'm a hairy man, <laughs> I should be able to communicate. Oh, Ralphie, well, I, I got to say, man, this has been one of, if not my favorite season so far. I think we really hit our stride here the last couple episodes. I mean, first, first and foremost, huge shout out to our episode last week Patrick and Teresa Pittsburgh Normal got a ton of love from the anybody's I thought it was an awesome conversation that you and I did our best to keep up with those two who are are inarguably the most knowledgeable about marijuana that I've ever come across I got a few more big brain people that know a lot more about weed if uh anybody's if you want chime in I'll bring a pharmacist on and we'll really talk cannabinoid system. Yeah. We have an endocannabinoid system in the body that has receptors for weed. Like, let's Run get it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but again, huge shout out to Patrick and Teresa of Pittsburgh Normal. Really appreciate them coming and joining us. We sat down. We had a great episode. Beat or beat those cheeks. We all got dinner afterwards. Talked about some future plans. I know we got some questionnaire and some counter punches for that episode that we'll get to in a little bit, but uh, just wanted to start off with a quick little thank you to them. Um, what else was I just... Oh, we dropped a brand new What's Good in the Hood, episode 39. How the hell are you doing? With a absolute Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh food. Yeah, the uh, I passed it on the way down here, and there was at least 40 people at like 3 p.m. grabbing ice cream. Only a few weeks left. Shout out Paige's Dairy Mart. Shout out Margie over there for being kind enough to, I, I mean, we got to be one of very few civilians to ever get to grace through that entryway right there and get the behind the scenes look. I've never seen 
I've never seen anything but the outside of that place. You know I've what I've never I've... seen like a like a Google inside picture. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think the, the self-driving car ever got in there? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I've never seen before? A friend offer another friend to use napkin. No, you asked me for a napkin and I said I just had dirty ones and I never offered you, you one. <laughs> you physically extended the napkin before you said anything very quickly. It's like a Sam Young pump fake nah. that I saw in there. And it was and then Again, I, I don't know. I think you played a scenario out in your head because you were mad. No, I <laughs> said you didn't have a napkin. The, 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 the best comment of that whole exchange, and if people haven't go watch it, go to our Instagram. Any at the anybody can do the show at Yoga Ralph. Go to YouTube. I anybody literally had ice cream all over me. Like you made a, the greatest point like though. A, you were like, I was like, small uh, kid. <laughs> common protocol is not to offer someone to use napkin. You go. Common protocol is to grab your own napkin. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. I go. That's an inarguable point. Very, very true. So I feel like Larry Davis and. I didn't offer a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> How about Narf out here just trying to sucker punch Skater Rob? Just offering up just free ones for Bobo. <laughs> like, Who are we talking about? Harf. Harf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, the original real. The worst you idea, said yeah. you were going to get yeah, just punched, punched in the chops. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been oh the greatest God. behind the scenes day um, on set for might, everybody but me. I might have said this, but shout out Harv. I saw him at McFadden's <laughs> during the pregame of the Steelers home opener, and he gave me the most love. Huge bear hug. Met his wife. Big shout out to Harv. One of my favorite eps from this season. Yeah, sick um, boy. Sickest boy in the port. Yeah, Ralphie. You booked some sick guests this year. So now you are a, a, a YouTuber. You're an actor. You're a social media personality. You're a podcaster, and you're a booking agent. What can't you do? I can't dunk a basketball. <laughs> Shout out B over Yet. at One Up. Go check Yet. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Well, no. So if you haven't watched the episode with Pages Dare yet, go check that out. Leave us a like, comment, subscribe, yeah. do the whole god dang thing. Um, we got uh, we're, we're about to get back to filming to what's good in the hood here in a few weeks. We've had a bunch of ones in the chamber. We got one more that we got to put out that we've had for a while that I think people will really enjoy. And then we'll, uh, be back to some brand spanking new episodes and filming, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been, uh, it's been quiet. Yeah. It's been quiet behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm excited to uh, get out there and get my hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh, some funny, there's some funny ones. We got some there. great ones in the hopper we that gotta, I'm very excited about. Yeah, we got a line. We just got to make sure the dates all line up and then we'll get them going. Shout out to Blood Bank always calling me at the absolute worst times. Don't call me at 551 on a Wednesday. Yet. That's creepy. What's the Blood Bank calling you for? I'm O positive, so I'm universal. They want me to donate all the time. Oh, dude. Only donate to friends and family when they need it. I did it once or twice because, like, work would make you do some bullshit Never. where you got to do it to get a PTO day. <sighs> yeah, dude. It's I'm not worth the, the day man. off. <laughs> it's not worth the day off, You man. might be right. Yeah. This, uh, easy, easy. easy. Don't, okay. Yeah, no, don't, I don't donate your blood, people. <laughs> Unless it's to somebody that's going to take it immediately. Okay. Well, I knew I shouldn't even look into anything. it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Julian. It's just a hustle, man. They so they take your blood and they sell it for something crazy. It's crazy. It's they crazy. Get bomb cookies and milk or if juice. Just a band aid from a blood transfusion. Funny is story. Bucks. We had a blood uh, drive in high school senior year. We all gave blood, and one of our uh, friends, Lindsey Rudolph, passed out. Just governments like you read about. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> just uh, dry snitching. Um, like. Uh, 
passed out giving blood was like whatever it is dehydrated whatever passed out giving blood shout out to Lindsay, absolute warrior threw a party at her house that night and was getting after it like did not give a world the blood alcohol level was Dude, so severe because of the loss of blood so, so loose off just like the smell of a beer like yeah. i've never donated blood that doesn't surprise me i tried to uh when i was in 12th grade and i remember uh too much THC. No, nah, even funnier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even funnier. Your they told me. They told me my blood pressure was too high. I think it was because <laughs> I think it was because I was mad scared of and giving you were still blood. Overweight like, at that point. Oh, I was yeah. huge. I was. I was. Uh, I was like a saltine cracker <laughs> away from four bills. <laughs> Just every sodium intake. Oh, all right, Ralphie. Well, we alluded to it a little, little bit. We got a questionnaire and a counterpunch off of last week's episode that I think we should jump nice. into here before we kind of reveal who our guest is for the season finale, who I'm very excited about. All right. So questionnaire again, if you're not sure what the questionnaire is, if this is your first episode, welcome. If it's not your first episode, you don't know what the questionnaire is. Clean the freaking spuds out of your ears because you got bigger fish to fry. We have that listed on our Instagram every week at the Anybody Can Do This Show, a link in our bio where the questionnaire lives. You can basically comment on last week's episode, have input for next week's episode, so on and so forth. A staple of that questionnaire, someone who answers damn near every week, the one and only Poopstain. So Poopstain had some thoughts here, Ralphie, about what he thought about the sit down with Teresa and Patrick and said, wow, what an episode. If anyone is going to listen to just one episode of Anybody Can Do The Show, check this one out. Lots of great info. Concur. Yeah. It's probably the smartest episode we've had. <laughs> yeah. It had nothing to do with us. And <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah. oh, uh, In spite of us. But like... It, smoker or not smoker, it's interesting. Agreed. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just kind of all like the cracks in the laws and kind of just the inconsistencies oh, the and cracks stuff. in the laws. We talked about way more cracks in the laws off record, but like... Yeah, again, what do you say? Look into it. Yeah, look into it. Protect yourself. Protect yourself if you're a patient. Yeah, be um, in, and protect yourself with information, with knowledge. Yes, know your rights. Exactly. Do know all that stuff. Rights. And and again, if you're going to be a registered cannabis user, you might as well know what you can and cannot do at yeah. least and, and how you should move. Um, yeah, they, they crack the whip on you if you get in some shit. Uh, oh, also, I meant to tell you, we had Peter beat those cheeks bingo, beating the cheeks at bingo. Said, uh, I think, he, no, he might have been beat on bingo, actually. Poop stain. Shout out your bingo story from last week. He's the one dude out of 97 people at the bingo hall that didn't smoke squares probably and didn't win and, and didn't win and didn't win $500. <laughs> and his cheeseburger was late. Two hours late off the foreman. Someone forgot to make a cheeseburger. <laughs> On the foreman. Um, okay. So uh, we also had a great counterpunch from the one and only J.W. Yoke. A little bit of a lengthy counterpunch as Yoke so claimed himself in the text that he sent it to me in. Um... So here we go. Yo, fellas. It's been a while since you guys have heard from me, so I thought no better time than coming off the back of last week's app to drop a little counterpunch here and share some thoughts with the anybody's out there. Uh, first, though, I just want to take a second to thank Patrick and Teresa and Pittsburgh Normal for the work that they do. As a medical marijuana patient myself, I genuinely appreciate the fact that they try and fight and ensure that we have even the bare minimum of protections under state law. And I know that a lot of time advocacy work can be a thankless job, feels like a massive uphill battle to even achieve small victories, and 
that rings especially true when dealing with an issue like marijuana that has this huge stigma that clouds any effort. So again, really genuinely thanks to both of them for the work that they put in on a daily basis to reform medical marijuana laws in PA and make sure that you and I are protected as cannabis consumers. I really appreciate it. And let's push forward on Senate Bill 167 and get those DUI protections in place. Um, but this could get a little long, but I just want to share a couple thoughts. A lot of the conversation that we've had so far when I was on the show this past summer and in this past week's episode has been around the rights of patients in the program and how those need to improve. But I also want to take some time to take a look at the legal cannabis market in PA and the U.S. around who is licensed and permitted to grow and sell medical marijuana products to patients. Because it's important to understand that when we talk about marijuana laws, when states enact these laws to create a medical marijuana program or make cannabis use recreational, they're essentially creating a legal business out of thin air by licensing these different companies to do business in the state for it's always been an underground, illicit black market. So when we zoom out and look at legal and medicinal cannabis markets across the country, there's nuance for how each is set up individually, but also there's through lines to how the industry is taking shape nationwide. And one of these through lines is the emergence of big corporate cannabis. So these are operators who are licensed in the majority of the markets across the country. Um, and many of them actually currently do business in PA. So we don't need to look that far to see what big cannabis looks like and how it can impact the market. Um, so I'll use one of the companies that continues to get name dropped on the show because they're Ralph's former employer and Teresa's current employer as well as that's Cresco Labs. Um, Cresco is currently in the middle of finalizing a $2 billion acquisition of another company called Columbia Care, who also happens to operate in the PA program. Now, this acquisition would not only turn them into the biggest operator in PA, but also one of, if not the biggest operators in cannabis companies in the entire United States. So I don't bring this up to demonize the large companies, but it's more just to hope that people understand how the industry is taking shape. Because I personally believe that it was naive to think that the legal cannabis industry wasn't going to operate under the same capitalist structures that govern every other industry in this country. So whether that's acquisitions, consolidations, speculative investing, debt financing, motivations of profit, blah, blah, blah. You know, the cannabis industry was never going to be immune from the trappings of capitalism. And in many ways, it's actually helped to stimulate growth in the industry, especially in PA. But the industry as a whole is, is a volatile one. Um, it's experienced exponential growth, but it still faces extreme uncertainty because of not only the federal illegality, and, but also how immature the market is. It's difficult to be sustainable and operate as a large company, let alone as a single state grower trying to push into the market up against these bigger companies. But when I look at PA and the landscape of the cannabis industry here, somehow I'm managing to hold out for some cautious optimism because as the state pushes towards recreational use, well, unless Doug Mastriano gets elected governor in a few weeks, we'll see legal adult use for cannabis in the near future here. You know, anyone over the age of 21 will be able to walk into a dispensary, legally purchase product. So when that comes, I'm hoping that PA can both learn from some of the mistakes that other states have made in setting up their recreational markets, but also to deliver on some of those initial promises of what a fair and equitable cannabis industry can actually look like. Like. So that means making room for small business, you know, creating an equitable licensing system, implementing social equity programs that actually give back to communities that were disproportionately affected by the war on drugs, 
and most important for some, granting that right for medical marijuana patients to cultivate their own plant inside their own home. Um, But for me, most importantly, it means creating a market where consumers understand their power. You know, they understand who is cultivating their product and what quality product really looks like. If, if companies are going to operate in this space, they need to be held accountable. And the only way to do that is with how you and I spend our money as consumers. So at the end of the day, great product is what creates a great weed market. And talking about product and the choices that you get as a cannabis consumer should also be what is fun. Um, you know, as we move into a legal space where the stigma starts to lessen and hopefully cannabis becomes more and more socially acceptable, you know, we can talk about those choices and we can, we can talk about what makes great product and we can talk about who's cultivating great product in the state. So maybe next time we talk, you know, we can get off the laws and regs and talk about some of that stuff. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, congrats on wrapping another great season. I look forward on everything you guys have to come. Peace. Yoki F baby, please save the baby or your bitch will. I love that, man. He's the best. It's it's funny he mentioned that uh, corporate takeover like Pennsylvania, how like Cresco acquired. They've, yeah. They've been steamrolling. They bought Grassroots out, who was uh, one of my favorite growers. I mean, it's a, it's, it's cool, but like, like you said, like it's it's weird to see who's really running like the show. And, and they originally came from Chicago, like they weren't PA based. It's people who get licensed is something that should be looked into. That could be a whole Vice documentary, like who these people are. Yep. Probably Doug Mastriano himself. That's why yeah. he's like, I don't want weed. <laughs> Pay me. But, like, there's another, uh, there's a couple other big hitters in the area. Uh, it had me thinking when Yoke was talking, there's this True Leave that's come around, and they acquired mm-hmm. Pure Pen that was in McKeesport, and uh, they bought, like, four or five dispensaries, and they, they're they based out of Florida. And uh, the reason I bring them up is because I, I read that they had, I was reading this morning because I still read a little bit of weed shit. Like I was reading on High Times how True Leave is responsible for the first marijuana related like uh, industry death. Uh, something to do with uh, something to do with like a pesticide or something. Some type of chemical killed somebody at their at one of their plants. Wow. I was just saying. Look, I don't know. I, I probably got to make sure that just says look into it. <laughs> <Look> <laughs> right? yeah. That's that Eddie Bravo. Look into it. No, but but like, what, I just seen that they were responsible for the first death of a cannabis industry. Like something that they were using in their grow process killed somebody. That's fucked. Yeah, I mean, it happens it's, though. You, you, I mean, it's such like, a new industry. No, I guess what my what my could what, be worse. The cartel like could have. I was going to say the grocery store. I was going to say you people get I mean? killed by the cartel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's sad. <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, no, but what I love about Yoke is every time I talk to him or he gets a counterpunch or something like that, he comes on the show. I always, I always have a thought. I feel like I didn't have. Yeah, before. that is good. Uh, you, I have just. But, the, I have a politician we can bring on here and actually talk about that shit. Yeah, I got a couple couple friends in the industry still that like. 
they're proud of what they do and they want to talk about it. Right. I'll get a pharmacist on here next season. I wasn't even thinking that. And I know the funniest dude. <laughs> Hang on here. And he, it'll just like. It'll what be- I like about what Yoke said is like when you hear about, uh, when you talk about uh, legalizing marijuana and all that stuff, it's always about the laws, legalize it, legal. You, you forget that with legalization or or, or new legalization, you're basically in a, a brand new stage of industry, right? We so now we this can't big even business, handle, all, know we, what you're putting in your body yeah. is the big thing. We, like, we can't handle the demand right now for medical right. we we couldn't handle the demand if they just went recreation for a while if they voted tomorrow and said we're going to go recreation and pa it wouldn't happen tomorrow right it would happen uh who knows right. maybe a year and a half from now because they would just automatically the politicians would line their pockets up with people buying the the, the grower processor shit for recreation yep uh the the building permits for people to smoke that I don't even know how it would work out, but it would take a lot more. Well, that's why they usually when they pass that, it's that. like, it's, it's legal in six months from now. So you can get I like pray ramped up and, and pray figure, that we get up. federal legalization. We just need it to go on a federal level. Like, I think that's going to be harder to do. I don't know. I think that's going to end up happening because we oh. need, we need a miracle. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> the, Ralphie. We need a miracle. Uh, to bounce back financially in this country. Look at you. You're and just becoming the transition god right here. Speaking of miracles, <laughs> I mean, I think we got to introduce our guest for this week. Is that not a good transition? The, uh, I mean, <laughs> the sun just automatically brightened up. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but uh, Ralphie, I'm very excited for the anybody's to get a load of this sit down that we have with Pastor Nick Stepanovich of Bridge City Church, the location in White Oak. Now, Pastor Nick has been a huge supporter of What's Good in the Hood and Anybody Can Do This Show since you've jumped in full time. He's a childhood friend of yours that you grew up with. I knew Big Nick uh, when we were little kids and uh, was interested in hearing the story. How do how do how do we land where we're at now? Right, exactly. So we got a kind of little behind the scenes look on how he's become a pastor at a non denominational Christian church. What all that means. What that looks like uh, versus kind of what you see. What a lot of people have their vision vision of organized religion as. I think it was a. I know it was a super interesting and open conversation. Not only about the process to become a pastor, but kind of. I mean, we don't go. Sunday morning service or anything, but we definitely get into religion and kind of the, the, the discussion of it between three people who, who have different points of view on it. So yeah, no beat or beat those cheeks this week. We decided against that on, on, on a creative yeah, judgment. You can't yeah. have a priest beating cheeks. <laughs> on yeah, literally like, Cancel yeah, them. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, no Ralphie, but I really enjoy Pastor Nick. And like you said, he has not only supported the show, uh, been on the show. He tapped us in with the hounds. He tapped us in with Vinny from VC two art. So he's just been an absolute awesome presence in the anybody universe. And, and we were lucky to kind of get him sit down and, and learn a little bit more about him. That's the first time I, I really met him in, uh, I guess, second time after International Village, but first time I really got to chop it up with him and uh, can't thank him enough for coming through. I think the anybody's are really going to enjoy it. Really interesting conversation that kind of wraps up season six here. Yeah, we finished it on a lighter note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice and just no no in-depth at all. But no, this is what I love about the show, dude. I mean, we have Julian on to talk conspiracy theory. We have Yoke to come on to cut up. We have Pastor Nick. We have Pittsburgh Normal. We have VC2R. We do it all, baby. We have any and all conversations with I'm gonna any and all people. some funny, interesting people on next season. Ah, And then we have Merv. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was a shot at Murph. Unnecessarily. <laughs> shout just, out Murph. Thanks for the ticket to the Murphy game. listening to this and, and gets yeah. a shout out and he's like, man, it's the weakest shout out. <laughs> shout out Murph, man. What's up, Murph? No, Murph got me. Murph blessed me with a casting call that hopefully I hear back from sooner rather than later on this. Uh, he sends me them casting calls. He sent me a casting call from Mall Santa. I was ready to fucking punch him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ralphie. Well, this has been a little bit of a longer intro because it's the absolute last episode yeah, of season six. It's going to be a while since we see your faces. Yeah. <laughs> or grace your eardrums as we should uh, be doing on a weekly basis here in about a month when we come back. As always, thank you to anybody that joined us this year. Thank you to anybody who listened to us this year. And thank you to anybody who's just banging with us with or without the pod. What's good in the hood, the support. It's been amazing. We keep leveling up every single season. Next stop, Hollywood. Yeah. We don't act though, so that'll sketch be hard. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Ralphie, I love you, baby. Let's cheers the microphones. Let's see how that sounds. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Okay. I think it'll be like <laughs> so without. And it would sound way worse than what I just did, and people would like. I don't know. I have headphones on. It would probably hurt my ears. I, I, and we don't want to do that. We need your ears for a lot more seasons. So I think, without any further ado, thank you, Ralph, and we present to you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> A sit down with our homie, Pastor Nick Stepanovich. You don't need help. We're gonna double back on that. You, you, your wife actually pick this up. Let's go. Your wife wife actually told me one day. She's like, "I respect that no shoes in the house call." So you knew, you knew that shit. I knew knew all the stuff. You had an idea that like we was going. No, I know. That's your house, though. <laughs> That's your house. This isn't officially yours yet. Yeah, but this is... And I uh, didn't know if there was going to be hardwoods in here or what. <laughs> no, we it's got, a little mixture. No, it's a little mixture. It is, it is a mixture. When you see yeah. the, when we give you the tour afterwards, you'll see why. It's sh- your when we shoes get, are a go up in yeah, here. Yeah, when we get all that. Shoes so, are a like go I, up in here. I had my house shoes. If we were recording in McKeesport, I had my UGG house shoes ready yeah. to bring. I brought my Deer Park. You could have told me, number one, <laughs> there is no air conditioning. <laughs> you could have well, given your heads up. You we don't said, tell people that on purpose. You could have said, like, bring the big sweat towel. Yeah. But you know, know, I didn't you even know bring a we're, towel. We're, we're brothers in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. And I sweat just as much as you. Well, you showed up in more. a hoodie. It's because uh, I'm trying to represent for my buddy. You got to cut Cheddar's the, Plumbing Company. Gotta, but two minutes ago, neighbor was shirtless before you walked in here. Well, I would have been too if you would have told and, me we were. And it, sounds like, it sounds like rule three should have been telling you that you're not going to be on video today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to be on video. No, we'll probably shoot a reel. Yeah, we're, we're still shoot, getting, we're, we're shooting a reel. We're, we're going to get neighbor Nick at church. Baptized. Oh. We're going to baptize <laughs> me on camera. We got to get you. We got to do a couple things first. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I've been baptized. Yeah. We could talk about all Catholic that. Catholic growing up. I'm excited, yeah. man, because yeah. uh, Pastor Nick, like we said, like you have been supporting what's good in the hood and the show since Ralphie got involved a yeah. hundredfold. We, me and you, officially met at 
International Village, which we just dropped the video for. Yeah, I didn't this get to watch it. Monday, I, uh, so. Andy Macy today told me he was like, "I saw you with Ralph." I was like, "What? What do you mean?" And he was like, "The video." I was like, "Oh, I'm going to do the podcast tonight." Tagged you on Instagram as well. So, yeah, I didn't yeah, see it. I was I, see, Mondays you know. are a busy, busy day for me. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was in staff meetings all day and meetings all day. So I literally uh, left a meeting, came right down here. So I haven't been on social media. Well, so, good. Appreciate good. Don't dude. be on your phones. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I just was telling somebody, I was reading, I was pooping this morning and I was looking on Instagram and I follow like all the astrology girls and they're like, Pisces text back quicker. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, I text back pretty quick unless I'm driving or I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> like nine out of 10 times. If I don't respond back, it's because I'm behind the wheel and then it might slip my mind. You but ever turn on that do not disturb feature when I teach yoga? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know how that works because my phone still fucking lights up. You know, there's a bug right now with Apple that a lot of people's phones are on do not disturb and they've never turned that on and it drives me nuts. Really? Nice. Like I hit Is alert anyways for everybody. I don't care if you have that yeah. on or not. I'm alert anyways. My text just shakes. Yeah, right. so I don't yeah, care. Yeah. I just have the Bluetooth playing with music and I don't want it like to just be like all of a sudden I got the worst ringtone for my phone too. It's the theme from Cape Fear. So <laughs> you, you got to like hummet. With- you got to hum- I got to just switch it to the just the the 1980s yeah, ramble. Do you really want to hear it? Uh, no, Yo, you've say, never seen you Cape it? Fear? Yeah. Do you want me to really hum yeah, it? I don't know. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah, you, that we have banned him from laughing. beatboxing. He may now also be banned <laughs> nah, from humming. No, but dude, it's still, you never, people out here listening know the Cape Fear theme song. <laughs> yeah, <most laughs> Maybe edit it yeah. in. I'm going to actually play my ringtone right now. Oh, okay. I'm going to continue talking. It's going to just say. pop up <laughs> how it should pop up. I want to let it be known like right now. Like if I'm now. in Giant Eagle, how it just randomly pops up and creeps out the lady behind me too, who's probably seen like the movie, like it can't place the ringtone. So pastor Nick, I ask all the people from the mm-hmm. board who come on here. What's your first memory of yoga, Ralph? I don't know if I have a first, I just have multiple and it was always just Ralph cutting grass. It was just, Ralph was always cutting grass. He was all (laughs) (laughs) to that walk up music. He was just always behind the lawnmower with that music playing. (laughs) (laughs) That is just, just that's bad. If that popped up in the middle of Shavasana, like I'd be canceled. They'd be like, he's fired. You just always had a, a cutoff on behind a lawnmower. Yeah. That was, that was always Ralph. What's your first memory of Pastor Nick? Man, I got a funny first memory. The first, I, I remember being at your house. Man, we were probably young, young, young. And uh, you had a carton of Marlboro Reds. And I was like, I was like, all right, man, people smoke. I was like, but he got a carton. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My dad smoked four packs a day. And yeah. that was when he was like slowing down. Oh I remember that. At, like, But you lived, it was, uh, it was right by White Oak Elementary, right? Yeah, 14. We would walk down California the trail. Avenue. There was that trail that led up the White Oak Pool. Yep. I just remember the first time I was over your house, with, I was with Grant, and uh, yeah. you had a cart and a Marlboro Reds, and I was like, well, that's pretty impressive. Cowboy killers, baby. Yeah. 160 a day for your old man. That's yeah, impressive. that was when he was slowing down. I mean, he had 35 years in the mill, and those dudes, uh, all those guys, I mean, they kind of drank their breakfast and yeah. smoked, smoked their, their lunch. lunch. Yeah, yeah. 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 All those guys, guys, man. Wow. So, yeah, four packs a day. Yeah. So yeah, tell me Marble a little bit, Reds. I mean, again, and 
we'll get into it. We told the anybody's a little bit about why you're on and, and what we're interested in talking about. But were you someone who always went to church at that age with the with the Marlboro Reds? Yeah. <laughs> the Garden of Marlboro yeah. Reds. So uh, going back to the memory, my now memory of Ralph is the fact that I'm sitting on the other end of a table and both of your heads of hair are wafting with this fan <laughs> and I have no fan. And no, I'm just messing with you. No. Switch me seats, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually, so my dad um, was 100% Serbian, grew up, I, so I grew up Serbian Orthodox. My mom was Roman Catholic. She was 100% Italian, um, and uh, we grew up Serbian Orthodox. So I grew up knowing that uh, I was going to be raised going to church um, on Sundays, um, but we didn't go. Okay. You know, we went on holidays. That Got was it. it. And my sister was really involved in the church and she grew up like doing tambouritzins and like youth group, that sort of stuff. But by the time I was old enough to kind of catch it and catch what it was about, uh, we weren't going. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't grow up going to church per se. Okay. Uh, I grew up at a very young age, like realizing that Sundays were my day off, which okay. I feel weird even saying now, right. mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't have like a relationship. I just knew that it was a religion and, right. and I'll get into that more a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I didn't grow up going to church okay. at all. How about like, and again, how about being like a, like a God fearing person, like a God fearing kid? Would you say that you kind of always had a pretty strong moral compass? Did you think that that's something that... Yeah, that's interesting. So um, I wouldn't use the term God-fearing, but I definitely had what I would say as a, a moral compass. And here's why. It was because I was afraid of getting caught because I was always the kid that got caught because I was always a big kid. Right. So if I was the one that did something wrong, I was always the one that was picked out of the lineup because, you know, Pretty whenever... distinguishable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whenever a, a, a little kid does something wrong and five little kids run away, the one that's six foot tall gets picked out of the lineup. For sure. You know, like, right. oh, that one did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was always the one that got picked out. Got it. So I always tried to not be the one that was running away. So if I did something, I owned up for it or it. I uh, tried not to do it. Or if I did it, I knew that I'd get in trouble for it. So right. um, I only did things that I was willing to own up for. Got it. And so I owned up for a lot. Like Ralph knows, like whatever I did, I, I would own up for. Oh yeah? Uh, for sure, yeah. That's I, great, I, man. And it, it's ironic and... You know, God has a sense of humor. You know, I'm pastoring in a neighborhood that I grew up in. I got in trouble in. Mm -hmm. I, you know. Like normal little kid trouble, like dumb stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Normal little kid trouble. Um, faucet plan. Faucet, <laughs> I, mean, I was an honorary <laughs> faucet fact. planner. And, I, you know. I'm honorary too. I ain't grow up. In, I ain't live in faucet, but I was there. I was, uh, I was like three blocks away. Yeah. That was where my friends were. <laughs> I'm an open book. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff that I'm going to talk about tonight, I've preached sermons on. They've been in, in sermons. So um, my first time, uh, I was in ninth grade. We made the 
the front page of the McKeesport Daily News, 53 of us got arrested for underage drinking. <laughs> you remember this? Yeah. Yeah, 53 of us got a, uh, arrested for underage drinking, and uh, that was the first time I ever got in trouble. Okay. You know, like, yeah, that's the first time. And I remember I was in ninth grade, and I was, I didn't know what to do, mm -hmm. like, Okay, I'm in trouble now. Right. I'm a criminal, you know, and I'm now pastoring in the neighborhood where I got in trouble. In. And I was in ninth grade and then 10th grade, you know, I got in trouble, yeah. you know. So all like underage drinking stuff. Right. You know, and that really made and, you feel like a criminal, like at that yeah, age. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like as a kid, yeah, yeah. you know, you feel I'm, that I'm, way. Because some and, people don't, you know what I mean? Some people I feel like, man, especially our yeah, age, look at that as just like bro, my, a badge of growing I remember up. getting arrested uh, when I was a kid a few times. And like, my mom would be so mad every time my name popped up in a police blotter. It didn't matter what it was for. Like if it was for like a fist fight or something, mm -hmm. she'd be, she'd be like, you dishonored the family. Like, I'd be right. like chill out. Like it was a butt humbug. Like, it, you know, well, I was like, I didn't kill nobody, I but like, like my mom would really, have she would really be mad about things like that. that. Like, yeah, like I, I did those things. And, and when I was in high school, when I was doing those things, you know, I, I was just doing normal, everyday, ordinary kid stuff. Right. You know, I was mm -hmm. just doing what was being what done was around doing, me. Yeah. yeah right. But I was never somebody that just followed the group. Like, Ralph knew this, and people around me, we had two distinct groups in high school. Like, one went this way, one went the other yeah. way, and then we all met up in one place, you know? And Ralph and I talked about that before, but, you know, after high school and this is kind of where I'll get into my story a little bit yeah you know I grew up and I always say this a, a scared broken depressed little boy you know uh, from the outside everything looked perfect you know I had everything I ever wanted I had the stuff but on the inside like I I didn't know what I was or what I was going to amount to you know I, I'm a big kid. So everybody, Oh, you play football. Do you play football? And once all that was kind of gone mm -hmm. and I didn't go that route, you know, it was very easy to feel like, Oh, everything's over. Everything's mm -hmm. done. And you're not going to amount to anything. And you right. know, you're not going to be able to do those things. And then I, you know, finished high school and, you know, made some decisions to not go away to college right away. My dad was diagnosed with cancer and there's, uh, I'm giving you Cliff's notes here. And uh, I met a girl and this girl was still a senior in high school. I just finished high school. I was in my summer after my senior year and she was friends with People that I knew, I knew of her. I was friends with her older brother, who was a senior when I was a freshman. And we started dating in mm -hmm. July of that year. And a few months later, her family invited me to church. And I went. Yeah. And then we went again. And we went again. And you know, the, I always tell people that, that I went to church for the first week because of a girl and I went to church the second week because of a girl. And the third week I met because I met God in a very, very real way. And, um, you know, I didn't respond to the gospel on, on a Sunday morning at church. I, I responded, uh, to what Jesus was offering me at 
a room in my room by myself at 12:03 a.m. Um, alone, you know, saying, you know, God, if you'll have me, there has to be more than this. If you'll take me, I'm yours, and I'll do whatever you call me to do the rest of my life. So you have that is a very specific moment that you remember, like having, like I, I call it the switch flip, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very specific. Of I remember the moment. I remember the day. I remember the time. And uh, it was a very, very low moment in my life. And uh, from the outside, though, everything looks great, you know, but there were some things going on in my life and my family um, that was not, you know, weren't great. And, uh, you know, that moment, you know, I'd like to say everything got perfect, but it didn't. It it, it was it it changed, but something changed. And that something was, you know, I, I met Jesus and and. I found my purpose and it took years for that purpose to really be ironed out and, and shown to me. Yeah. Interesting. And what denomination was the church that they yeah, went to? Non-denominational church okay. and uh, Christian. And, you know, my idea of Christianity growing up was something totally different. I think it's something that most of us growing up in the area that we grew up in, and that's Pittsburgh, you know, we think that Christianity is, it, and evangelism or evangelistic people or that person that's yelling at you on the street corner, you know, Oh, you're going to go to hell or that person that we see on TV. And it's not that, you know, and we can talk about that more and I can unpack that more, but it's, um, my idea of Christianity was so skewed, you know, can you give me like someone who grew up similar to you, I guess, uh, buoy to religion is like Roman Catholic. Essentially. I grew up Episcopalian, but like Roman Catholic, centric, I guess, directionally. What is non-denominational, I guess? Like, yeah. yeah, for someone like me who really doesn't know. Has yeah. always heard the term, kind of been aware of it, but Absolutely. not super aware. So uh, the different denominations, there are, like, we're not, so different denominations. So Presbyterian would be one. Um I'm trying to think. We can cut this out because I'm trying no, to think. No, no, I, I don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah. But no. wouldn't it, wouldn't it, I, I always defined it as like non-denomination. Where I would just think it's just church. Like it don't matter. If, you don't have a like, specific. Like team me as a Catholic, I can roll up into there and it's just you know, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm accepted, <laughs> right? Like I'm accepted yeah, so or different. Not Presbyterian, evangelical. Um, it's still all the same Bible, though. Yeah, we, but well, at least in North America, that will believe different things. Yeah, different you interpretations know. of the same. Yeah, text. absolutely. Yeah. So whenever we say non-denominational, there's not a specific denomination that we are affiliated with. So here, let me let me pull this up for you. Because that's where I think, to your point, a lot of people get uh, some negative feelings about religion in terms of, I'm on this team, I'm not on that team, but theoretically we're all playing the same game, right? So, like, I, if, to Ralph's point, if I'm Roman Catholic, there are steps you have to go through to fully partake in the service. Like, theoretically, yeah. you can't take communion if you're not baptized yeah. and things like I that, grew up, right? Uh, so there is, like... I grew up Catholic myself. I went to Catholic school till like, fifth grade, uh involved with oh, the church heavily. I was an older boy involved with nuns. The, uh, the nuns were the bad ones, as surprising as that I sounds. I got paddled so many times at MCC, but uh, 
I grew up Catholic. I went through the whole thing, baptized, uh, confession, communion, uh, confirmation, and then uh, Sunday schools too. When I left uh, to go to public school in sixth grade, my my mom made me go to Sunday school. She made me walk to Sunday school too. Like, like Uphill how you both ways, dude, up the sickest hill. It's like a mile and a half it, snow or whatever. People yeah, like, yeah. and she would be like, go to church afterwards too. And I, I honor it. I just go to church. Like, she All wasn't right. going like, though. No, she didn't even get up and make me breakfast. Well, let me, <laughs> let me say this. Like one of the things mom was that cool, I, but she wasn't that cool. <laughs> what I realized with when I grew up with, in the religion that I grew up in, which was Serbian Orthodox. And now, when I was Serbian Orthodox, I was so ingrained that I'm Serbian Orthodox. Big is, it's your identity, essentially. I'm Serbian Orthodox. I'm Serbian Orthodox. It's world, too. I'm Serbian they Orthodox. It's clear, Serbian. Like yeah. Grant, it's like it's a Serbian cross. <laughs> right, I'm Serbian Orthodox. And I, it was so ingrained in me my name's Nicholas Stepanovic, right? Mm-hmm. My name is so Serbian, right? You hear Stepanovic, and some people yell me, it's Stepanovic. Like, you have yeah. to add the H at the end. And whenever I got baptized as an adult, and I made a choice to be baptized because of the decision that I made to follow Jesus, it was so hard for me to understand that I was still Serbian. And it had to click in my mind because I'm, I'm still Serbian. That's my nationality. Yeah. No, that's never going to change. That's never going to be different. My religion changed. And, but there's so many things that are ingrained in us because of where we grew up in. And it's all, a lot of it is so much tradition. And that's a lot of things that we're, we're battling against is just tradition. Like I have people that would come to our church and they met Jesus in a real, real way. And they're, they have a relationship with him. It's not about religion anymore. It's about a relationship with Jesus, but they still can't tell their 90 year old mother that they're not going to Saturday mass. And they would leave early to go to Sunday mass later, Mm -hmm. you know, be just because of tradition. And the biggest thing that switched in my life 17 years ago was I caught that it was about a relationship with Jesus, not about a religion. And when I caught that it was about relationship, not religion, it was huge for me. Like that was the switch that, that changed in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that this is all about me walking out a relationship with Jesus, it was huge for me. And when I realized that this book, the word of God, the Bible was about me getting to become more like him. And it wasn't about a whole bunch of rules that I had to follow. That's when things started to really change in my life. Do you think that is a product of the non-denominational? Like, do you think that a perk seems like an inappropriate word, but like... No, I really don't because I know a whole, I know a lot of Catholics that, 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 that really function in that way and, and live their life in that way. But there's some other things that they, they, 
they still maybe I'll I'll ask it this way. Do you think there's less tradition in non-denominational services or practices than in other denominations that are more popular? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it was hard for Ralph. Ralph has been coming to church and seeing this thing, and he it's probably weird for him that we don't receive communion every single Sunday. Sometimes you do, and sometimes we you have don't. communion once a month. Okay, we have communion once a month. Okay, um, so in you know a Catholic mass, that's every Sunday. Right, that that happens. Yep. Um, so that's do you have to be baptized in the non-denominational church to receive communion? So whenever we're receiving communion, we're we say that we're remembering what Christ did on the cross for us, and when we say that. Obviously, we want you to have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, because if you're going to remember something, you have to have received that. So we ask that, that you, you know, have received him as your Lord and Savior. Now, obviously, that is something that, that's between you and him. Correct. You know, right. I'm not going to... You know, check your papers. Right. You know, yeah. you got there um, before. Yeah. I did, yeah. Right? Yeah. You got a, pass, you got a passport to heaven yeah. or what, yeah. man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's um, that's something between you and God. Yeah. And you know? and that um, kind of breaking away uh, that getting to the relationship with God outside the tradition. Do you feel like that's a lot of thing that people feel a breath of fresh air and that come to you from other denominations or? maybe not as much as one would think because it's interesting to hear you say people uh kind of it's not a clean break always right and it's not come for three weeks and and maybe have the experience you did it's interesting to hear people battle back and forth about leaving the old traditions behind or old denominations behind fully or or right i think for, for a lot of people and i can only speak for myself when I walked into the church 17 years ago, it was a shock to my system. It was a huge shock. To when my I system. came in recently, it was a huge shock to me too. Yeah, it was. I was like, "What's happening right?" And now? you made the same <laughs> what is, statement to what me is that I made right to my now wife. Uh, you and I went to lunch the first Sunday you came to church. Yeah, and you made the same statement to me that I made to my wife after my first Sunday, because you were comparing it, your, your experience was being compared to the same experience that I had. My wife looked at me and she said, what did you think? And I said, that was like a rock concert. I called it loud. The way I referred to it was loud. I was like, that was loud. Yeah, because it's very contemporary worship. There's a, there's a full band, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's not, it's not, you know, just what I knew to be, and I didn't even know it was called worship. It was, yeah. you know, the priest would sing. So I didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, back in the day when, when I walked in 17 years ago, there were, there were people waving flags and stuff. I was like, that was a shock to me. Wow. And now me, 17 years later, having that same conversation with Ralph, I'm like, bro, I've been there. Like, I know, I understand right. it. And there's... So I, I think that in a lot of ways, it, it can be a shock mm-hmm. because we're only comparing it to what we're used to or what we were raised in or what we understand to be, you know, normal, right. you know, air quotes, right. you know, but that, that was a shock to me. And now I can't imagine anything different because it is, it, it's just become something that this is an outward expression of me celebrating what God's done in my life. And so that's really seems to be how you look at 
uh, your weekly worship as opposed to, I think, many others who maybe look at it as... Not that it isn't as reverent, but again, it's a little more lively, right? Than it is, like a lot of, again, my always barometer is Roman Catholic. It's pretty solemn, right? Like, you know, like the, at least in my opinion, it's... it's Catholic Church is like, everybody's dressed up. Everybody's, everybody's like... Throw some shots. Everybody's like fake there. It's a lot of There's people that, that just show of up to be there. Kind of sometimes. Uh, I don't know if that's see, Roman, when I've been going. Specific. When I've been going outside of the Catholic Church, when I go to non-denominational or uh, uh, Bridge City, uh, where Nick's at, it's. Uh, I even joked with them. I was like, "Bro, I'm gonna show up to the church." I was like, "I'm gonna wear a sleeveless shirt." And you were like, cool, but I didn't wear a sleeve. I thought that was a little too. Tuxedo but then again, though, I see, I see grown men up in there in flip-flops, like, with their toes out. I'm like, I think anything goes up Ralphie, in church right now. If you don't mind me asking, like, what, has there any, has there been anything about uh, going to these services that you haven't enjoyed? That's not really maybe the right way to well, when ask I first, it, but- Like I said, when I first walked in there, I was like, it was a little much. Uh, it's overloaded. Guitars. Uh, a, yeah, a live band. I mean, that's kind of intense. When I said loud, I mean meant loud. I'm like, damn, Nate's drumming pretty. Like, these boys are drumming right in my face. But uh, I forget where I was going to go with that. It's okay, because uh, I got to imagine a lot of people are. I, it was definitely uh, definitely way different than any church I had experienced. Like I said, like when you go to the Catholic church, it's real like fakie, you got your same ushers, you got your same, uh, I called them like the pimps, like the Catholic church are the pimps for real <laughs> gold, everything. Like it's just, they just got the, 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 well, I'm interested the, how the church swag, but the shock of being in a different type of room is that cause right. Well, we're I really didn't feel being... that there would, I, I, I never feel any different wherever I'm at when it comes to that. Well, I, I'm not going to say that because energy is sick and there's like Tesla coils and there's architecture. When you go into, no matter what, when you go into a place like that, you're going to feel the good vibe. You're going to feel, uh, the, the Holy spirit maybe, you know, or whatever, but it, regardless, the energy of the atmosphere is going to be good. There's going to be very little negative energy. Uh, you're in a place where everybody has positive intentions or they're asking for intentions or like the intention is just pure there. But, uh, a but lot, that's not what you felt at Roman Catholic church always. Right? Now Roman Catholic, like I said, it was like the deacon was the pimp and there's a lot of, uh, not the throw shade at like the Vatican, but they're like, they're kind of sketchy with it. It's, it's, I had a real hard time with working. Like I said, I was in the, I was in the system growing up communion, all that, uh, confirmation. And then when I got older, I started thinking to myself, like, I don't, you know, I got the, like you said, you have that relationship with God. I had that relationship with God. I'm like, I, if, if I need him, I know where to find him. I didn't have to, uh, walk a mile and a half in the snow to church to go see him. But, uh, nowadays though, like life's been weird. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm asking all the time. I still don't know what my purpose is. I've just been, I've been moving with the way I move in life. I'm so fortunate that like, I always tell people I'm a cat dog. I land on my feet no matter what. Uh, for some reason I move with luck and it's, I uh, listened to the, and, the uh, podcast a few weeks ago. You actually compared me to a cat. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. You said you you, you were job. saying you you know you was you was gonna go to the league, and when the league was over, you the went to church. Yeah. Athletic when the league was over, you went to no, church. You could still you could still make we could we could get you in the WWF right now <laughs> as the preacher as the preacher. You could come out and well, Ralph was well, saying with before, the hymns playing and then choke slam people, Pastor hit him with the hit yeah. him with the sign of the cross as a chop. He was so serious. Why did he just become a professional wrestler? Like it was just that easy. Yeah, it was just that easy. Yeah, that it's easy, yeah. Like, that's what I love about well, Ralph. It is that easy. But like, uh, well, one of the things that you said, though, one of, was, what I was gonna, I be, what I was gonna get back to was like, I've been on spiritual, spiritual journeys for like the last good like twenty years. I've, uh, I've encountered lows of uh, like. Uh, I would never really call myself depressed because there's always a light at the end. I never like would ever refer to myself as depressed, but I had like a sick five year run where like my mom died, my sister died, my dad died, my cat died. And it was just like, fuck. And then on top of that, like I had a couple aunt and uncles pass away. Like, and then my nephew dies like on year, like it's like seven years after all these people start dying. And I'm like, fuck, there ain't too many people left. And uh, I just like, I, I had, we, me and neighbor talked about this a few times. Like I had a moment of like, the ayahuasca sent me back into like a, a spiritual questioning journey. Cause like in my head, I'm thinking like, Hey, I know what's going on. Like I'm talking like I, to this day, like, even though I go to church, I still don't believe in heaven or hell. I mean, uh, if it's there, there's no way I'm going to hell at least. But, uh, I, I, I don't believe in that. I believe that there is more to it. Like I feel like there's energy around me all the time. It could be angels. You could refer to them as angels. It's either just one way you want to look at it or the other. Cause I've said that to you before. I was like, JC's on my team, but like I roll with spirit guys. Like I feel like I got the presence of like my mom and dad, like with me. And, uh, after the ayahuasca, I started questioning again because, like, I, you know, I seen some stuff under that under that uh, thing, and I'm like, you know, there is definitely a lot more at play than I think I know what I need to, what I know. And uh, we went up and we did that Laurel Valley hemp episode, and I was just up on the mountains, and I'm like, man, I'm like, just I get to do the dopest stuff, and like it just happens, like, I, like. Uh, how dude a couple weeks ago Zach came on here he was talking about like I only do dope stuff like I get to do the dopest stuff and like people welcome it like I ain't know this lady at all really we we've had an encounter I messaged her she's like come up greets us with the sickest hospitality beautiful views uh gives us a bunch of CBD which I used to be beat on I used to think CBD was was garbage but uh I was really uh I was really stoned that night off the CBD <laughs> but I had like an epiphany I was like you know what it was like a Friday I was like I'm gonna slide in the church on Sunday I was like I'm I'm like, everything's going a little bit too good. And I was like, I got to go say thank you. But like, I was like, I have to, I have to, I, this time I have to show face for it. And then uh, I went to church and then we had a discussion about it. I was in a, uh, we don't talk about it too much, but like there was like a little fender bender and like, I just felt a presence on me that was like, and uh, it was just like weird. It was like, wow. 
I can't believe that happened and nothing bad came of that. Like, and I'm like, damn, like they're really, it, cause like I've been questioning it. Like, what am I here for? What the, what is the real purpose out here? Like, cause I like, I jump around I'm first, I'm cutting your grass and I'm teaching you yoga. Next thing you know, I got a microphone in my hand and a camera Maybe you meant and to it's just like, do dope shit. and it's, well, I know that I, I only do dope. I only do dope stuff. That's the, that's the new motto from here on out. 2023. If it ain't dope, it's a nope. Why did you feel like that first? <laughs> Sweet, yeah, both for Ralph. Why did you feel like you had to? You said it show face to to show your gratitude. Well, I always move with gratitude. Like, uh, I'm a big. I'll lay some secrets out. I'm like I always talk about notebooks and like I'm a big like. I always would wake up in the morning. I would practice gratitude, whether like. It's more than just like waking up and just being thankful to wake up. It's like I would always make it a purpose. I make I'm a weirdo with numbers, man. If 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 anybody's been listening throughout the years, I got like my OCD lies with the numbers. I just gotta figure it out and I'll win the Powerball. But it lies with these numbers, and it was like every morning I would wake up and it's like. 10 things I'm immediately grateful for. It could be anything. It could be a donut. Like, I'm going to eat a donut today. I'm so thankful for that. But, like, 10 things, even if it's the same thing over and over again, because it's always chalky, Rio, thankful I own my house. I'm thankful I, you know, I'm thankful I'm not in debt. I'm thankful I'm just like, and then, you know, whatever the day could be, I'm about to do this. I'm, about, I'm not about to do this. I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to do this. I run with that intention as well. But, like, I would get up and I'd write that and I just, Write it and I throw it away. Like not even keep it in the notebook. Write it down. Waste a tree. Throw that away. Write down. Get like, you a laptop. No, I, I got notes. <laughs> I got notes in my phone. You see me pull my know, phone know, out and put some notes in there because I'll never forget it. it. Sorry. But like, um, I I I just felt like, you know, I'm giving thanks and like. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't so much giving thanks. I was giving thanks to whoever was listening, but like, I felt like I had to go and actually say thank you to whoever laid this out. And that's where like the church came involved. Cause it was like, everybody got their beliefs. I got the wildest beliefs. Like I just told you, I don't believe in heaven or hell, but like, there's no doubt in my mind that there's, there's a God, like, even if even if we're in a simulation, well, there's Ralph, no even, doubt in my mind even to that hear that, you say that, that there's though, that. because I, I heard you say the opposite before, like that there there wasn't a god. Like I've I've heard the opposite said. I so, went. I had so a I had a tattoo that, of Jesus. I covered up with space. Right, and to hear you, but say that, that that has a side. That has another side story. Not that there wasn't a god, but I'm big on the fact that Jesus Christ wasn't a white man. I'll get to the grave with that one. <laughs> Yahusha. Well, <laughs> well, listen, he was very tan. <laughs> so, African like, Hebrew. Uh, yeah, here we I go. don't know. African but Hebrew. You said some things, and I, I let you talk, and I, I want to you know, go back probably a few minutes. You know, you said, you know, I don't have to walk this far to go experience God. Yeah. You know, I'm going back a while, and you're, you're talking. Yeah, I feel you like know, I could have a word with them at, you know, right now if I just and tuned out. you absolutely out. can. You absolutely can anywhere, um, anytime, any place. You don't have to have anybody be with you for you to talk to God. You don't have to have anybody Another be with you. major thing that made me want to go to church was something that Jeremy Kiger said to me. I think I told you that. I can't remember how he worded it, but like... Uh, my whole gym goes to the goes to your church, except for Walt Whiteman, and I think they got this boy ready to come on a Sunday. <laughs> 
but he he goes to church. He's about he he just don't go to your church. But uh, Walt was one of them people that would always tell me. He's like, oh, you grew up Catholic. You're going to hell. And I'd be like, Walt, man, I don't believe in that stuff. Like, I'm like, I believe in God. And I was like, I believe God wouldn't fucking send me to hell for this. Like, but. There's just a, a little dog just rolling oh, in. Oh, yeah. Man. Shout out Redford. Yeah, Redford. Yeah, he's yeah. he's, he's needed a dog, man. Yeah, he's yeah, an unofficial out. mascot yeah. of the, anybody can yeah, do this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're lucky my dog. But Kager, Kager said something. Uh, we would talk always. He would always, I hate to like put it out there, but we would talk like conspiracy and he'd always try to flat earth me. He'd always be like, the earth is flat, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, all right, man. But like, uh, and his defense for that was always the Bible. And I'd be like, all right, you know, I read the Bible. I know what you're talking about with the firmament or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, you know, that could be hearsay still. I'm like, I could describe anything. I could just, you know, it's not, we literally probably don't have glass, but we might, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But he said something to me in like one of our like conspiracy debates and he was like I know for a fact because he was like I went to church and they I forget what he said they prayed on me or put something on me and he was like I felt it and he and he was like it changed my life and I was like you know what I was like I maybe I was like maybe that might be something I need in life too maybe that's something missing I was like let me go see what he caught at church and see if I could catch it too I still ain't catch what he caught though but I still show up just because like I don't know. I feel like I, you know, I feel like I need to have a personal relationship with the creator as well, along with my ancestors still. At least whatever I think in my head, I feel my intentions are pure. And going back to finish my statement. Yeah, my bad, my bad. This is like Ralphie's time. (laughs) I'm loving it. I'm just listening. I mean, I think it is. I think this episode is a little bit of... Brought to you by confession. (laughs) I'm just listening (laughs) to it. I don't think you're... It's the the Catholic coming out of you, man. You think you just need to sit and talk. I'm just here to listen. No, no, no. You're asking a lot of questions a lot of people do, though. But I'm excited to hear you say some of the things you're saying. And Ralph, it's cool to hear people ask questions. It's cool to hear people just talk but you can't recreate the community that the church brings that's another thing he and said that too. is the most important thing and i think that's one of the things that we kind of got robbed of over the last couple years was the the community that that we're supposed to be in and the the being around people and the being with each other and people have heard me talk about this and they'll people are hearing me talk about it for the first time now but you know there's a book in the bible uh the the acts of the apostles and acts two is one of my favorite chapters in the bible and it's all about the early church and the last portion of acts two talks all about what people did in the early church. And it says that they they gathered together and they saw people break bread together. They saw people share meals together. They they shared everything that they had. They gathered in homes and they saw people and the te- they followed the teacher. They th- followed the teachings and they, they saw many miraculous signs and wonders and all the while they remained in awe of God. And you can't recreate that by yourself. Like if you're not in community with other people, with other believers, with other people that are experiencing God alongside of you, you can't see that happen. So yes, you can talk to God everywhere you're at. You can be in community with God everywhere you're at. You don't need anybody with you, but 
to experience what people experienced in the early church, you need people. To have church, you need people, and you need people around you, and you need people to encourage you, you need people to equip you, you need people to empower you, you need people to challenge you, you need people to believe in you, you need people to tell you, like, get up, get going, and and do those things. If not, you'll just be by yourself in, in so many things. And if I didn't have the men in my life that surrounded me and in empowered me and and challenged me, I'd still be that scared, broken, depressed little boy from a keyboard that thought that he was never going to amount to anything. And I'd also still have a really screwed up view of what Christianity was, because in my mind, Christianity was what you thought that Catholicism was like you thought you think that the Catholic church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites and it's hypocrisy and all these things. That's what I thought Christianity was because my only view of a Christian was my uncle growing up. He was the only Christian that I knew. He was the only person that I knew that was a, a Christian. And my dad always said, Oh, if he's a born again, Christian, if he's a Christian, I'd hate to meet the devil. And I'd be like, I was like, whoa, like, yeah. like that's right. okay. That's, that's a hypocrite. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. You act this way one day and this way another way. So all Christians must be hypocrites. And then I got to see that that's not true because when I started going to church, I got to see that every single person that I went to church with on Sunday was the same exact way when I played softball with them on Wednesday nights or Sunday afternoons. And they were the same people and they were just ordinary people. And I got to see that they were the same. And I wouldn't have saw that if it was just me by myself, not being surrounded by other people. Well, it came to me as a challenge from Jeremy Kiger (laughs) from the gym and that's from the gym. And that was him taking the church outside of the walls. And that's, that's how we see the church grow. And that's how we should see the church grow. You asked me the question, you told me that, you know, what, what are your, what's your dream to see for the church over the next yeah. few years? And what's your, your prayer, you know, if it's put it in my words, and it's just to see the church continue to grow, you know, the foundational scripture and this is me quoting scripture on the podcast, but the foundational scripture of our church is second Timothy two, two. And, um, it's take what you've seen me preach in front of many witnesses and pass it on to other like-minded men and women. And that's, that's how things get passed on. You know, that's Paul who was used to write the majority of the new Testament through God passing on something to Timothy, which is a spiritual son to him. And that was the foundational scripture of our church, which just celebrated 40 years. Um, That's what our church was founded on. And that's the goal still to this day to see things passed on to other like-minded men and women and to see it passed on and passed on and passed on. Now, I'm uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I did have uh, I did have one more question that I was curious about. Uh, like, uh, how does one become the? How does one? I guess ordained. How do, How does that all happen? How do you How do you go about doing that? Once you, we'll, we'll double back. You You met the girl. You found Jesus. Then, uh, how do you end up as the pastor? How does yeah. that work out? So, uh, 17 years ago, I'll be a part of the church 17 years. And, uh, the, 
the White Oak campus, which is the campus that I'm a part of, uh, Bridge City Church is made up of four locations. So uh, we have four locations, yeah, White Oak, them. North Braddock, uh, times. <laughs> Murraysville, and Brighton Heights. And I'm at the, the White Oak campus. We are, uh, we just celebrated 10 years uh, this past March, which is exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's exciting to, to think. What do they call that? The bronze or silver? I don't know. I don't, I don't follow that stuff, but ah, it's all. I think it is bronze. I think yeah. 10 is bronze. Could bronze have, it up. Well, I don't, can't think of anything. It's bronze besides a metal. Just batteries. Bron bronze. Bronze one top. of your shoes, one of them size 16s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could. That's a lot of bronze. That bronze is, that expensive. is, that is. You yeah. gonna do it for me? If I give you one of my sneakers, you gonna bronze it? Let me shout. Let me. Hounds could help you. Yeah, I was gonna say that seems like a hounds project. That seems. That sounds like a real good hounds project. We could film project. it and cut up about how bad we. They would, would do definitely it. be yeah. able to put me yeah. with somebody who could do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Pennsylvania is a self-ordaining state. So um, interesting. Yeah. So uh, you just so open a church if you wanted to. Yeah, which is scary to think about, and yeah. there's a lot that probably have done that. Uh, but uh, my Bridge City Church is a self-ordaining organization, so uh, our organization, our church, um, is self-ordaining. So our elders and pastors, um, we can ordain or set in elders and pastors uh, as, as we see fit. So yeah. myself, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to, so self-ordained is not necessarily me deciding I am. This is I the church of what's happening now after this. a little bit of a review yeah, they're, process. They're, they're absolutely yeah. Yeah, like, okay. we, right, yeah. we, we have set that process and got done all of that. And um, that comes down to a state level decision on. So like a non-denominal church in Ohio, just as an example, whatever, regardless of what their laws are, or whatever, w could potentially be a non-self-ordaining state that was a decision made at the state level, independent of yeah, the- Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just- Yeah, no, that's yeah. interesting to me. I have yeah, no yeah. idea know, with yeah. Ohio. Yeah. I just know the no. Commonwealth of PA. Uh, yeah, that's interesting to me yes. that that varies by state as opposed to religion or denomination. But that's 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 interesting. So yeah. sorry, but yeah, it's probably one. It's probably the same across the country. I, there should be right. I mean, like a, we learned in ninth grade, there's a separation of church and state, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's big government in general. But yeah, no, that is interesting. But sorry, yeah. so the self ordaining process is basically yeah. So Bridge City Church. Um, so I've been raised up within the church. Um, so I went to I took classes, Bible college stuff, a gl global university is where I did my classes and those sorts of um, studies. And I was set in as the pastor and ordained as the White Oak Campus pastor nine years ago. Yeah. Nice. So uh, how long did the accreditation itself take that global campus that you referenced? I'm just yeah. Curious. So I do not have a Bible college degree. That's a I, real thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you could yeah. have a degree. You could have a master's degree. That's you could what have I was thinking. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't have a degree. Um, I don't have that at all. Um, actually, our founding pastor, who just preached our 40th anniversary yesterday. Um, I know this is probably coming out at a different date, but um, he shared the testimony that he dropped out of Bible college after one year because he was so overwhelmed by comparing himself to the other people in the room. 
Hmm. And uh, I couldn't fathom the people that were in the room that were probably thinking like, oh, I never knew that. Right. But it's just overwhelming to think how amazing that is, that when God puts a calling on your life, like what he'll draw out of you. You know, it doesn't just have to be, you know, a formal education, you know, because I have so many friends and so many peers that went through years and years and years of seminary. And they look at me and say, Nick, you've learned more in this many years of being a pastor than I learned in years and years of seminary and years of formal education. And they came out of with, you know, a, a master's degree right. and had this paper and didn't learn half of the stuff that I learned by just being raised up within a church over the last 17 years. And I think years. that's applicable to a lot of things, right? Are you a classroom learner or are you a lab learner, essentially? Yeah, yeah right? you experience, like, yeah. You, if you're in the mix, experience is going to really, yeah. it's, I mean, you're reading it in, uh, and once you, you know, if you, every, if you're going to talk about it, it's going to, you know, you, I don't know how you would structure your sermon. You would, I guess you pick a verse or two you want to talk about and then you run off of that and then. Yeah. So we have a, a team of people that we, uh, so we have four locations. All four of our locations are live preaching every single yeah. week. We don't do video or, or anything like that. So we, uh, we all preach the same sermon each Sunday. So we have, you know, key points that we each yeah. hit. And it's how but it's delivered. Yeah. It's like an improv. It's delivered yeah. differently, but like we have the same text that we're going to preach from, but obviously we all have different illustrations or different life experiences that we're going to yeah. pull in yeah. and different characteristics of our, our communication style. But we have that uh, every single week that it's exactly the same. And one of the, the interesting things that I always share with people, I didn't grow up like saying, I wanted to become a pastor. So this isn't something that I ever strived for or ever, ever dreamt of or ever grew up wanting to be. I just, I, I met Jesus and, you know, received him as my Lord and savior and said, listen, God, I will do whatever you called me to do. And I'll answer that call. And here I am. And I just fell in love with serving the church. I fell in love with serving the church. I would do anything to serve the church, whether it was, you know, shovel the, the, the sidewalks or sweep up messes. Like I would do anything just to be there. And I just kept showing up. I just kept showing up over and over and over again. I just kept showing up. And um, I, faithfulness got me here, you know. And God will always call you you know, a few levels above what you feel qualified for. Yeah. And, um, you know, I still don't feel qualified and he's continuing to, to call me above that. That's it. I mean, cause you both are talking about, that's interesting to hear you say that pastor Nick, because I think we've been dancing around, not dancing around, but like the, it's a search of fulfillment, right? Like I, I think you'd probably say that a portion of that time, 17 years ago, 12.03 AM, weren't feeling fulfilled. I think that's maybe, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Ralphie, but like, again, I do think people have that feeling a lot of the times of I'm checking all the boxes or it all looks good on, on the surface, but I'm still not feeling still, like I'm it's Still, I'm looking, it. man, you know I'm looking, mean? it's sick. And it's, I just, I, I, I don't- Shadow work is crazy. Having like, uh, just being like, it's like a gift and a curse. 
I like being intuitive and spiritual, but at the same time, like, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it puts a lot of pressure on things. And I, it's a never-ending question. That's why, I mean, like, I got questions. I'm That's sure you I find question yourself questioning things even, too, in your journey, right, Pastor Nick? Do you always feel like every day, do, do you ever have any, maybe you don't. Do you feel lucky enough to never have any questions in kind of your journey of fulfillment with the church here? Or if you do, can you talk about a little bit about yeah, well, what those moments Yeah, well, one of the things like? that... that has been really exciting for me and that I've really, I guess, been blessed with is whenever I met Jesus and whenever I fell in love with, with him, I started falling in love with his word and I started reading his word and I started really falling in love with, with reading. And I remember I read the same thing over and over and over again for three months just because I needed to understand it. You know, so many times when we're growing up, you know, you read to finish. Mm -hmm. You know, you read a book to finish. Yeah. You read a book to finish. You read a book to finish. And that's what I was raised to do. You know, I remember the first time I read a book was because I got a pizza you know, the book at club. That was the first time I remember finishing a book. Because <laughs> I knew I was getting a pizza, you know. That's you, a hell of a you remember the book at club, Yeah, right? I mean, how many goosebumps, goosebumps I read? Yeah, yeah. You know how many goosebumps <laughs> yeah. books I read? But, For that you know, personal pan. <laughs> so when I first started reading the Bible, it was like, okay, I got to finish this. I got to finish this. I got to finish this. And I was reading for uh, quantity instead of quality. And my pastor, my lead pastor was like, Nick, you, you got to get this into your heart and you're not reading to finish it. You're reading it to, to really understand it and grasp it. And I started reading Romans eight, which is a book in the Bible. Eight is the chapter. And it's all about being you know, led by the spirit of God and understanding who you are as a son of God. And I read that same chapter for three months and I read it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I read it until I understood it. And I read it until I really got it to go from my head and got it to go into my heart. And it's in there now. Like I fully understand that nothing's ever going to ever separate me from the love of God. I understand that, you know, those who call upon God uh, are sons of God. And, you know, we get to share in, you know, the suffering of Christ and we get to, to follow him. And, you know, Ralph, I think that, you know, some of the things that, that you're questioning and some of the things that you're seeking out, you know, you're going to find the answers to those questions in the word of God. And you're looking for some of these answers in maybe some of the wrong places, you know, and I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to, to go. I'm just telling you what I believe to be true. And, you know, I fully believe because of what the Bible tells me that the, the, there definitely is a heaven. There definitely is a hell. And I believe that. And it's because of the word of God and what I believe, you know, he's revealed to us. And to answer your question, Nick, the, the questions, the doubts, um, I'm thankful that I don't, you know, cause you know, I trust in him and that, you know, I have, 
I have faith. Yeah. That, well, that was that the, I definitely expected that as the answer. If you were going to say I doubt something, I was going to be like, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess that's, shouldn't. I, I think we, we all live with doubt. There's a, to me, there's a difference between doubt and knowing it'll all work out at some time. Like, uh, I, I guess that I, I, I'm envious of the fact that, that, um, that doubt doesn't creep in and, and cloud that, uh, goal doesn't feel like the right word, but, but overall overarching message because, and again, I know you said you're not here to debate and this isn't to, we, we don't jam anybody up. Do you feel that there is anything else, maybe not necessarily that's had as strong as a grasp on you where people can answer those questions or you truly believe that it's kind of only in the Bible, the word of God, as you put it, have you, have you, again, maybe not someone who's a part of your church, but is there someone else in your life, maybe outside of the church, who you envy their envy is a wrong word, but uh, admire their sense of fulfillment, maybe they find in a different way. The answer could be no again. Yeah, I, I think that there's so many people that are searching for fulfillment in all the wrong places because eventually you may feel fulfilled by this or by that. And you could fill in the blank there. You know, you may feel fulfilled by money. You may feel fulfilled by whatever it may be. But I believe that all those things are eventually going to run out, you know, and, and God's endless. You know, our time here on, on earth is our days are numbered, mm-hmm. you know, and those days are eventually going to run out. So, um, you know, I told Ralph this the other day. You know, I wake up every single day. And I, I told him, I want to leave it all on the field. I, want, I don't know what my day has in store for me, but I know that if that's the day that I'm called to go home, I want to leave it all on the field. That's great. That's an admirable yeah, way, way to, to walk move. through yeah, life. I want, to I want to leave it all on the field for that day. So, you know, I think that, you know, whatever area of life, whatever thing that you're thinking may be fulfilling you, eventually that thing's going to run out. And we're all going to have to answer to God one day. And one day we're going to find out that thing that we thought was fulfilling us. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that is those who find their calling in the way that you did. I, I, I always have had admiration for, for, uh, kind of that sense of belief. You know what I mean? I mean that wholeheartedly that I do think belief is a variant belief, hope, um, believing things will work out. However you want to put it is such an important part of living a fulfilling life. Like whether it's in the creator, in the church, whatever it may be. I I think that, I guess that's where always, uh, I, I feel myself a little different that, that leading the life that Jesus or God would, would want you to do it as you would put it. I, I think people can lead that life without, without necessarily being religious or emulating it that way. Like, and again, I'm not sitting here saying you're saying the only way to live a true and good life is to be in the church and things like that. I think you probably do see other people, but it, it is when, when you are in it the way that you're in it and how much it is a part of your life to you, you're never really going to understand one foot in one foot out, I guess. Right. When it comes to that, which is, which is part of your gig, right? Part of your gig is that process of, of it's not flipping a switch for everybody. Right. And, and I'm always curious, what, what do you find is the toughest thing maybe to get through to people when, when you're, 
uh, spreading a message or trying to get people to understand that your opinion of, of that true fulfillment comes from being part of your church? Like, is there something that you just want to grab people and you wish they grasped sooner? I think that one of the things, and again, I shared this with Ralph before, is that relationships are really important to me and relationships have always been important to me and always will be important to me. Like I love people. Like I'm a people person. If you, if you could have over a hundred on like an extrovert score, I'm above that. Yep. Like if you take me away from people, I, I don't do well. You know, I get weirder than I already, you know, am. So, <laughs> but You're doing I, a great job hiding yeah, it. So, I, yeah. I, love, I love being around people. And I used to think that, I used to hear the term evangelism, and it, I had a negative idea of it because my idea growing up of what an evangelist was, was that person that was on TV at 3 a.m., like that College was, campus screamer or whatever. It yeah, may exactly. Be, right? And it was yep. really, really weird to me. Punching people with the Holy Spirit and yeah, knocking yeah, them on the floor. Weird. It was weird. Like you, you, we've all turned that the TV on and thought that and saw that, and it was weird to me. And then I, I heard the term like relational evangelism, and I was like, unpack that for me. Like, help me understand what does that mean. It was like I'm, I'm gonna get in your boat. Like I'm going to be in your life. I'm going to show you that I'm a normal, ordinary, everyday person. And that's it. Mm -hmm. But one day, like our relationship is going to have, we're going to go somewhere with this. And one day I'm going to present the gospel to you. And then it's going to be your choice, whether or not you receive that. And if you say yes, I'm going to celebrate with you. I'm going to, I'm going to be joyous. You know, the word of God says that the angels are going to rejoice with us. But if you don't, I'm still going to be the same person I was before that. Like I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to think of you differently. I'm not going to treat you differently. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to go anywhere, but that's it. Like I, I, I shared, you made a choice. That was it. I'm not going to treat anybody differently because they they made the choice that I prayed that they made or they went against it. Right. You know, um, I think people look at me differently because, you know, I'm not what a typical pastor looks like. Right. Based on tradition. And here's a story. And I'll, I'll probably start crying when I share the story. Um for those of you that can't see me, obviously Ralph and Nick are the only ones that can. Like I have on uh, cement Jordan, fours, <laughs> cement threes right now. Yeah, threes, um, threes, threes. And I grew up wearing Jordans. Like I'm not pretending to be something that I'm not just because retro Jordans are cool right now. Yep. Like I grew up wearing Jordans, and anybody who knows me knows that that's not a lie. So I grew up wearing these. And I grew up having every sneaker that I wanted. I was spoiled to a fault. And when I started to live my own life and I had to get things on my own, I got very fearful with money. My 
parents didn't necessarily manage money well. And when I was on my own, I got very fearful of money. So I didn't buy things for myself. I bought Old Navy flip-flops <laughs> and I bought... I Top remember, ramen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Right. And I remember when I bought my first pair of, of sneakers, they were Air Max 90s. They were white Air Max 90s. They were $90. I'm showing my age a little bit now because yeah. I think they're 120 now. Yeah, they're probably like 150 yeah, now with, with yeah. inflation. But they were $90. I bought them at Champs at Monroeville Mall, and I walked around the mall, and I was sick to my stomach because I spent $90 on myself, and I returned them. And I was embarrassed. I walked into Champs. I returned them. I said, hey, my girlfriend bought these for me. I, you know, my bad. Yep. And I returned them. And I walked out because I was sick that I spent $90. And then my son was born four years ago. And these re-released, these black cement threes re-released four years ago. And I felt like at peace that I could order them, right? I, I ordered them. And they sat in the box for a few weeks. Actually, one of them sat on top of the box because I just stared at him. I like looked <laughs> at him, right? And my brother-in-law, his name's Jordan. Um, he's like, when are you going to wear those? I was like, I don't know, man. What am I going to do? Wear them around the neighborhood or walk around? He's like, wear them to church. I was like, I can't. He's like, wear them. They're, they're, that's who you are. I was like, okay, I'll wear them. And I wore them on a Sunday. And uh, somebody came up to me and said, hey, uh, what's up with the sneakers? And it was an older gentleman. And you could tell it was like against what he thought a, church a pastor should wear. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like brushed it off. And then that same day, a grandmother and her grandson were at church. And I didn't know this. Fast forward a week, I wore them again. And that same grandmother that I didn't know was at church with her grandson came up to me and she said, hey, I just want to let you know that my grandson has, uh, was at church with me for the first time last Sunday and he read his Bible all week and was so excited to come back to church this week, not because of what you said last week, not because of anything other than he liked the, war, the the sneakers that you had on and he listened to you and was engaged in everything that you said and listened to your message again and then read his Bible and was excited to come back because he was excited to hear what you were going to say this week. And I was like, okay. Like, that was kind of like, be who you are and allow for God to work through that. Don't try to be anything other than who you are. And I've pretty much worn sneakers ever since then. That was four years ago. And why am I telling you this? Because, you know, God can use anybody and anything to speak to anyone at any time, at any moment. And, you know, we joke about the sneakers, but... I'll say this, Pastor Nick, I'm... Uh, Something that, that's the number one thing that's resonated with me in this conversation in the last hour plus or so with you is it's refreshing to hear the relationship with God be 
malleable to the congregation as opposed to kind of feeling like the congregation needs to fit into what the relationship is with God, which I think is a lot of people's perception with Roman Catholic, the religion you grow up in, whatever it may be, right? That it's kind of your relationship with God should pretty much look like this with pretty little variance in terms of don't do these sins, kind of follow this thing. But it's, it's that be yourself that, that the relationship can look like a lot of different things is, is very refreshing to hear. I will say that for sure. And, and, and I could under, and understand why it makes people more receptive to the message. Cause it does feel more like integrating it into your life as opposed to your life integrating into the tradition or the strict sets of things. So, yeah, well, and I say that too, like it's, it's the Bible hasn't changed and the Bible isn't going to change. Like it's perfect. The word of God doesn't need to be changed. It will never need to be changed. The word of God's perfect. And we believe at Bridge City Church, the whole Bible, every bit of it from Genesis to Revelation and We're not going to hold back in that. And there are things to quote what Ralph said. We get to do. When I was a baby Christian, I looked at a lot of things as rules. Let me speak to one. When I started dating my now wife, I wasn't a Christian, but she was my first like long, I love this girl. She's, she's the one. And I knew that she grew up in a Christian household. She grew up in the church. So I had a certain idea about what a young man and a young woman are supposed to do. In a relationship. In a relationship. Yeah, right. you, yep. you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I looked at certain things as, oh, that's a rule that I have to follow. But whenever I met Jesus and I found this, no, this is a, something I get to do. Like, I get to follow this purity because I get to show my love for her based on showing my love for Jesus. It's not a rule I have to follow. It's not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. And it was something that changed in my mind. It's something that switched. And now that's what the Bible says. But it wasn't a rule. It was a blessing that I, I got to do that. I didn't have to. I got to, and I look back, my, my wife and I dated for a long time before we got married, a long time. And that was the, I wouldn't change that for the world because that was when my foundation with Jesus was built. That was when my relationship with, with, with him was formed. That's when all of the things that, that I get to look back on now that I get to be as a husband now, that's when all that stuff was formed. You know, people were like, well, would you have only dated for a year? No, I, I, I'm thankful for those things. And it's that whole get to versus have to mentality. And 
It, it wasn't rules. It's a great mindset to have, bro. It is. It's a. It's a. Well, your thoughts are game changers, man. Everything's a vibration. Negative thoughts are negative. If you're thankful, I, I always say like it's like my little fortune cookie. You can't be great unless you're grateful. Like you, I don't know. You just give it up. Be you know. You always bring it back to food somehow. <laughs> that's because I'm um, you know, I eat. <laughs> I eat everything except for pork and shellfish. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't like talked the about old food at all this whole time. Yeah, I wanted shocking. to ask you well, I was I had two off off hand questions well, one who's your barber who does your beard <laughs> who lines your beard up send them a send, send them a uh, shout out crispy so uh, Savage Gentleman Barbershop in Elizabeth okay. is, my, is my barber right now I play golf out in yeah. Elizabeth shout out Victory Hills yeah Savage go Gentleman Barbershop beard, beard lined up too also uh, prior to that was uh, Chops he's a McKeesport boy at uh, Stow and Grace Barbershop in Monroeville Okay. I know where Style and Grace is. Yeah. Nice. Both of them, <laughs> both of them come to the church, by the way. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're I get my hair cut now, more now that I'm bald than I did <laughs> yeah. when I had well, hair. I, I, I grow a beard here and there, and it's work. It's work. I can't line it up myself. I'm not, you know, it's hard. You need that. You need to be able to come forward with it. You, it's hard to... People, I, I'm saying this right now, doing it physically. I people want to listen in here. Like, what is he saying? Edge razor. Like, I have a, a, a straight edge. Nah, I, feel I don't like play a, with that. My mom used to pull the straight edge. Barber. My mom was a beautician, and when when I was growing up, I would ask for like, man, I'd ask for she. Well, I wouldn't ask. I would get haircuts, and she'd be like, "What kind of haircut you want?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Throw a throw a line in my hair like vanilla ice." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bro, she pulled Were straight. You one of those little kids that did you have like a line in your no in your, no no in your hair no. down the side? No. You know, well, I cried well, as a kid that I, I cried after every haircut my mom gave me. Yeah, it's a true story. I couldn't get my hair spiked story. as a kid because I have curly hair. Oh, bro, I, I got the worst. Hair. I got the worst spike pictures. We'll we'll put them up on a montage one day of me growing up, first, second, third grade of just the spike going to like six yeah, foot tall, and then the sweaters just getting more Napoleon. And dynamite, spike, like Nick. oh, yeah, I still do. I think I had a spike on Friday night at Elton John. Really, you yeah. did? Oh, yeah, yeah. I you mean, have curly hair. How did you get uh, a spike? It's like mine's kid. like wavy. My hair's wavy, too. Curly. Yeah, I, I slick like it like back, it. I just slick it back out of the shower and whatever it falls. In. That's what I do, just she keeps me right. So, I, you're now you're talking. Yeah, can we talk about the real inflation of? Uh, the price of haircuts. <laughs> when I was a kid, they was eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so that was, old. That was thirty when bucks you plus a tip. About price, I will complain that my drink at Starbucks has gone up seventy-eight cents in fourteen days, which is crazy. But what do you? What do you? What's getting? your drink at Starbucks? Venti cold brew, black. It's five thirty. It used to be whatever minus seventy-eight cents is. So yeah, it's crazy. I need to just go back to supporting small coffee or just making coffee. At Cocaine. Home. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it might be cheaper to buy a. Red Bull. Yeah, a yeah. Red Bull than a cup of coffee. I don't coffee. know. Uh, Richard the alien in here is always on those Yerba mates he's talking about. Oh, I hate Yerbs. Really? I, it tells me a lot about people. It's like, you think you're healthy, but you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Pastor Nick, you said we haven't talked about, well, give me your hottest food take, man. I mean, that's what we're I wanted to ask you, yeah. what do you, you guys, does Bridge City offer a fish fry? Are you in the fish no, fry? No, we game? don't. We don't do a fish fry, man. We don't. But there is... A great fish fry across from our North Braddock campus, which is yeah. the the North Braddock Volunteer Fire Department. That is the one firefighters of the best, hold it down. That's one of the best fish fries. 
This show was born yeah. on the fact that I think uh, a fish fry is overrated outside of a restaurant. That's that. Was I always, think food trucks and fish fries support, are overrated. Well, it depends. I'll, I'll, I'll run back on that. If you have a legit kitchen at your church or fire hall, then I'll mess with your fish fry. Okay. But like, if it's just like a pop up, like we do this like once a week. We do this f- four weeks out of the year. We like, just do this because yeah, we just do, do this. Yeah. like Peggy made the coleslaw in her basement. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm cool on those like fish fries. But oh. like, if they have like, like yeah, if they have they, a legit kitchen, like Rambo Firewall has a legit kitchen in their back. So yeah. it's and they've been doing it for they, years. Yeah, so they know what they're doing. It's all volunteer. That's how they buy. It. That they got to get a new truck somehow. Yeah. a lot of cod coming out of there. We'll do it yeah. for some mac and cheese. That's for sure. Hopefully but, Peggy ain't make that too. But there's not, I mean, so wait, I want to go back. This show was born on the fact that no, you this hate show fish fries. This no, show. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> yeah. we got, original name of this show we got to talk. Yeah, yeah, Anybody yeah. can hate fish so, fries. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was, um, so uh, we do a flagship segment here, kind of like a, do you like it or not? And that was what the show was built on with uh five, six seasons ago at this point. They and, get contentious, man. Yeah, in the yeah, first episode, one of them was you church like fish how, fries. I, I know what the flagship somebody. segment is called. <laughs> I, I know. I it, I do you it, like definitely. it or not? Yeah. I know, I know <laughs> that. I, I, I tried. I Nick, because I'm here. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, called it, do you like I it tried, or not? I tried to <laughs> not Nick. swear the whole time. I think I might have swore six times. You guys did great. But we call it do you like it or not? I was troubleshooting it. I was like, you want to call sinners or saints? Explain it. No, so we were we were a little behind the scenes. Well, we can't have you talking about beating the cheeks. I can talk about it. I can talk about it. No, but we did talk about like what could we rename the segment to make it maybe a little bit more applicable to Pastor Nick. But we go. Do you like it or not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes or no? Yes. You feeling that? Yeah. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, but no, I mean, Pastor Nick, I had a great time. This was a great chat. And again, like I said, you have shown so much love and support for the show, which at least gives me a ton of fulfillment for right now. One last rapid fire question. Oh, I like it. What are you listening to on the way out of here? Music wise. Oh, right now I have a great mix. It's uh, choir. It's like a choir's greatest hits. I was curious. I'm like, is it still Jay Z or is it? No, listen, man. I throw down. I still listen to to the. You can take the boy out of McKee's. You still you DJ take, too, yeah, right? I still DJ. Yeah, you, you oh, keep yeah. It yeah, yeah. So I'm. Uh, Does it all. Yeah. Did you know that? Neighbor I, Nick? Ralph had mentioned that in yeah. passing, but I had never. So yeah, DJ Weddings, which is an interesting. Uh, the full fact. package, marry him, then yeah, 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 boogie yeah, him yeah, down at the end of the night. I'll yeah. marry him, and then we break I, dance. I've never double dipped. <laughs> I've never double dipped. And uh, people ask me why not. And I was just going to say, that's got to be a market. That's easy. Yeah, I, I've. Uh, that's easy planning for a couple. They're like, oh, planning. we just knocked out everything. Three days. The yeah. venue, marriage, <laughs> yeah, get yeah. the license. The party, yeah. yeah. No, uh, because I want people that, that, that I marry, I believe I'm going to stand before God one day and give an account for the people that I pastor and that, uh, that I'm, that I stand before and marry that and help them make that covenant before God of marriage. So, uh, we go through a whole pre-marriage counseling, all that stuff. So I don't think that I can do that. Um, if I'm going to DJ their wedding, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, 
I started DJing. Be a good way to get the vibe. This is actually music. my 10 year anniversary um, of DJing weddings, and it's actually the 10 year anniversary of the White Oak campus um, that I you know, and now pastoring. And I started DJing weddings so that when I went full time at the church, I wasn't a burden on the church financially. Yeah. Um, so it was to supplement my income. Yeah. And, uh, I, I took that many 10 years. Um, yeah, I You're do. You're a busy man. I do between like th- my first year, I did 35 weddings. Wow. I DJ nice. 35 weddings and I'm kind of capping it now. Okay. Um, I try to do between 20, 25 weddings a year. Good for you. Um, so it's, it's a lot. Um, you know, maybe I'll retire one day at Ralph's from, wedding from DJing, but it's exciting because oh, I get man. to talk right now between 20 and 25 brides and grooms every year and help them to see that it's not just about their wedding day. It's about their marriage. And I tell every single couple that I DJ their wedding that that's not my full-time gig. I'm actually a pastor. And they, they look at me like, and I'm like, listen, Jesus loved weddings. He played the yin-yang yeah. twins. Yeah. <laughs> and I just pa- I passed her. All my music's edited. Yeah, you know. Is it really? Yeah, every everything we play. And that's actually every every single one of Second to Nuns DJs. All yeah. of our music's edited. Now, we will have the, a certain bride or groom that'll request an unedited version of a song. You got to play the rum shaker and, for yeah. the <laughs> bridal dance. Yeah, yeah. Damn, uh, it's the bride day right yeah but, yeah. Uh, yeah but they listen um just because of the the people that i'm around it won't it's not going to change me yeah you know i i want to change the people that that good i'm around so you're an interesting man pastor nick for sure and very uh enjoyable to talk to for sure i really I do appreciate it. you coming by and I, again I, we've said this a lot like lately luckily not the last time, I hopefully, that you'll come by. I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. well I got a lot more people to book on the show for you. I yeah, a lot absolutely. More yeah, you and Ralph, the top two bookers in the world right now. I'm grateful for Who you both. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that's it. Great season, Ralph. The whole crew, all your whole crew lifts the same place I lift. Jordan, uh, Jimmy Young, uh, Kiger. All right. There's more than I know of. They're all. I've seen them ball. all. One day I went there. I'm like, well, it's like. I'm like, this, I'm tried like this to is land what? this plane uh, like just, four <laughs> times. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine. It's just empty. The season's over. <laughs> You'll see the Keysport boys. McKeesport Report, episode nine. Uh, no, I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you, anybody. But wait, seriously, though. Who else lives at your gym? <laughs> Anybody, anybody can live there.